You're listening to Lone Star 360, your weekly update for sports in the Lone Star State. guys yo 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 it is your boy ryan along with zach and david and we are lone star 360 Woo! okay pause wait a minute dude we have a he don't want me to call him superstar but we have a superstar up in the building trey felder from texas a&m my dude how you doing brother Always good, always good. Like I said, wife and kids are good, and I'm on the show with y'all, so nothing but wins, baby. Let's see, man. Hey, one thing about Trey, man, he just keeps it cool, keeps it chill, man. As long as he's doing good, as long as his family doing good, man, life is good. I love that, man. Uh, dude, I'm actually going to go ahead and get started. Let's go ahead. On this date in 2004, thank you for letting me kind of get all that, man. 2004, the San Antonio Spurs Versus the Denver Nuggets in the highest non-overtime win. The Spurs ended up defeating the Denver Nuggets 152-133 to 133 in the highest uh, highest non-overtime win and everything like that. As a Spurs fan, uh, Mr. Feld and everything like that. Dude, what are your thoughts back? What does your mind go to when you think about 2004, uh, mid to late 2000s Spurs? What do you think, man? Oh, that, that's just that's when the big three was starting to, to come into their own. Uh, you know, people are figuring out who uh, Tony Parker was. Tim Duncan was a known commodity. My favorite player, Manu Ginobili, he was starting to come on. He actually Manu used to always save some of his best stuff for uh, the Denver Nuggets and for the Phoenix Suns. They still they still hate him out in Phoenix. So uh, that, that that does not surprise me. He must have gone off that game. But man, that that was a, a good Nuggets team, too. I want to say that was like the. Uh, Allen Iverson, Carmelo, uh, Anthony days, uh, George Carl, I think might've been the head coach, but yeah, that, that's a, not, not a, a score that you would expect from that era of Spurs basketball. They, they could play it, uh, up and down, but they prefer to keep the scores pretty down. They just let their hair down that night, I guess. Yeah. Dude, uh, Zach, David, uh, David, you have anything just to talk about, man, like just that legacy of that, that, that team and everything like that, man. Oh, they were, I mean, they were absolute Mavericks killers. Like, it seemed like you guys knocked us out of the playoffs so many times. And thinking about Duncan and um, all those guys, like, just so much respect for them. And, of course, uh, Greg Popovich, the the leader of it all. Um, I was sad to see him recently not be the uh, U.S. coach anymore. I just, I think he's a legend and so much respect for the Spurs. Oh, yeah. No, that, that respect is mutual. I, I mean, I, I always tell people I'm I'm immensely proud that uh, Dirk's last game was here in San Antonio, uh, oh, so right. we got a chance to, yeah. to send him off, uh, send him off properly. I I can say like being a Spurs fan, Dirk, because I I came of age when the Spurs were not known as a perennial winner. They were known for being soft and being chokers uh, in the playoffs. So uh, to see him kind of go from that to you know kind of being a, a, a a hallmark of success. It was weird and awesome, but every time we had to play uh, the Dirk 
Mavericks. It was just it, you, you could feel your your blood pressure going up because you knew it was going to be a, a war every single time out there. Yeah, and uh, no, yeah, just... I, actually, there there was an interview with um my favorite player uh, Manu uh, Ginobili a few years back, and he was talking about like his you know best and worst performances, his best and worst memories, and he still says that uh, him fouling Dirk at the end of Game Seven in uh, two thousand six. Uh, that that was probably his toughest loss because and and he's had some tough losses, but that one really stuck out just because that so much went into that series. So yeah, nothing but respect for for yeah. Dirk and the Mavericks from uh, San Antonio. Yes, sir, dude. And hey, man, uh, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about more uh, Maverick and Spurs, man. I know Zach, I cut you off because I know you have a lot to say about the Mavericks and Spurs and everything like that. So we'll go ahead and get into it. Zach, go ahead and start us off with our weekly recap. Man, appreciate you, Ryan. Uh, Trey, good to have you on once again. Um, I know that we've we've had our scheduling conflicts and everything, so glad to finally get you on here, um, talk a little sports. Um, but first things first, we have to bring up you know Dirk's jersey retirement last week. Very emotional, um, very uh, just bittersweet because I mean, you know, him starting as an eighteen-year-old kid out of fresh out of Germany to look at him now. I mean, he's got the key to the city pretty much. So very emotional game. And then also, I mean, the Mavs are rolling right now, really good defensively six game win streak. Um, I mean, I think they're clicking at the right time. Um, man, Trey, I know we talked about it earlier, big Spurs fan. I mean, what do you think about the Mavs coming from a, from outside I mean, what what is your thoughts on the Mavs this year, you know? And then, you know, kind of talk about what are, what are y'all's expectations, you know, for the rest of the year? How how are the Spurs, you know, what what is your uh, what is your hope? I mean, are, you think they're gonna make the play in? What 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 is what is Trey's hope for the Spurs this year? And the floor is yours, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, first first of all, like I I did not realize until basically the just a couple of days ago that. The Jersey retirement game for uh, for Dirk was was coming up so quick. I'm I'm still trying to process that he's not you know out there on the floor every time the Spurs play the Mavs. Um, I, I think I might have shown this hat earlier. This, this is um, from uh, Manu Ginobili's Jersey retirement game a few years back. Uh, I think it was like two uh, two three years ago now. Uh, and wow. those those are just really cool, especially for you know, people who, who grew up watching that player. And it, it was kind of interesting because uh, my wife is actually, uh, she went to high school in Houston. Uh, so she didn't really, we, we didn't really start going out and having a relationship until um, after, you know, the, the Spurs were really well established. And she was just like, you know, she was looking over at me during the, the Manu retirement game. And, was just, and she's like, man, it, I've never seen you that emotional over sports. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> this, this, this is my boy for a long time. So I'm just saying, like, I, I get it. it it's, a, it's a really, really uh, special uh, moment when a, when a player has that connection to uh, to a fan base and to a city, especially right. with, with just, just like Manu uh, and Tim, uh, Dirk played his entire career for the Mavs. So um, it, you, you don't see that a lot um, these days because the NBA is a business sport. Big sports is a business, but it's always nice to have a, a throwback where, you know, a, a player has that kind of success and then also has that, that genuine connection to a community. I, I think that's awesome. Um, as, as far as the, as far as the Mavs go, uh, we talked about it a little bit briefly uh, beforehand. I, I think they are hitting their stride at, at the right time. They're, 
it, it's weird how with the the COVID regulations, uh, it it can help some teams. It can hurt others. Um, it, I think it's actually kind of helped uh, Dallas find their feet a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they they've got a a really good uh, defensive tempo, which is not easy to establish uh, in, in the NBA right now. We were just talking about pace. You know, it, it's not uncommon to see scores in the 130s, 140s, uh, 150s, overtime or not. Uh, so, so to have defense still be uh, a little bit of a calling card that that's huge, especially as we get, go towards the, the postseason because uh, defense defense travels, and I, I fully expect that to continue. I'm never worried about them on the offensive side of the ball with uh, with Luca. Uh, that that kid is just a, a beast, and I mean, what I actually gained even greater respect watching him during uh, international play in the uh, in the Olympics. Um, that, that's that's actually kind of where I, I I fell in love with Manu Ginobili's game was watching him play for Argentina. Same thing for uh, for for Luca playing for his national team. They they came very close. Should have probably been in the gold medal game versus the United States, um, but you know that they. they it just they're they're starting to to hit their stride and and i think the you know it, it it's hard to prognosticate especially with the west being as uh, volatile as it is this year and personal issues being what they are but um it you, you can't count the mavs out at this point i think that i think they will be a factor um yeah i i totally agree uh, as, with as you far, on that one um yeah yeah absolutely go ahead yeah i i was gonna say the point you made about defense travels well um, defense, I mean, I, my dad always says defense wins championships. And, I mean, it does. It's still to this day, you know, defense has always won championships. I mean, you look at last night. I mean, Georgia. I mean, they've been the number one defense Absolutely. all year long. And mm-hmm. look what happened. They won the national championship. It's just, you know, all the offense, all the glitz and glamour, three-point shots, it's great. But when it comes down, when you need a stop, and you need to, you know, stop and score. You've got to get it done on the defensive end. And I mean, Dallas has done really good. You know, the last, I'd say about a dozen games is just playing very good defense. So I think I'm hoping this carries on to the end of the year and into the playoffs. And you know, maybe they'll get out of the first round because it's been a while. <laughs> so hopefully, all is well with that. Um, but uh, moving on to our second. Uh, topic um, Dallas Stars hockey um, we we want to get into it a little bit we're not the biggest hockey fans but we have to cover it because it is Texas but they did Hockey's win awesome. uh, they did win actually they dropped the game to St. Louis sorry I have I uh, misread that but uh, they dropped the game to St. Louis and the coach for Dallas was swinging a hockey stick around and almost hit somebody and got fined $25,000. So it's a different <laughs> sport all around over there. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I love watching hockey, the hockey playoffs, everything. I get into it then, but man, the stuff that happens in hockey games is unreal. <laughs> but uh, the a culture all its own. Oh yeah. It. It's, it's a different breed. There's different breeds, different breed of people that play hockey, man. It's, it's oh, yeah. for the faint of heart. <laughs> so, nobody, nobody just rolls out of bed and uh, winds up in the in the NHL. That those boys are. I think you got to have a, a few screws loose to play any professional sport, but hockey's on a totally different level. I, I think that's why the uh, 
the playoff crowds are so intense because there, there's just uh, there's a lot of lot of passion there and it, it's infectious even through the tv screen it's awesome oh yeah the full totally. speed you know hitting each other in a in the wall and just i mean it is just it's a different it's a different animal than basketball and football i mean football kind of has it but it's lost it's kind of physicality with all the rule changes and everything but yeah it's just but man hockey what a what a sport man what a sport but uh <laughs> man the third thing we were we were uh gonna get into is the cowboys which is a big topic around our our podcast it's the playoff time we've been let down before david ryan trey um we all know when we get to the playoffs, it kind of goes downhill and many heartbreaks, many missed calls, you know, from some fans that say that it wasn't a catch and was a catch, <laughs> things like that to this day. But um, we don't have to get into all that right now. It's still too soon. Yeah, it's it's too soon for that because I don't I, I, it's only Tuesday. We only got we, we got to Sunday to not be heartbroken. OK, so. That is how I feel about it, but um, man, David, I know your your parents and everything they they got season tickets, and I know you've been to a couple games this year. What are your thoughts and what what are your feelings on Sunday's game and how that's gonna turn out? I yeah, um, well, me and me and my mom will be headed there this Sunday too, and I'm really excited for that. But I think it's kind of that gut feeling is like we, we all have it, you know, the kind of angst angstiness around uh, the playoffs. Cause you just n- never know what you're going to get. Like we've seen this team rise to the occasion at times, you know, I, I think Dak has one playoff win on his belt, but um, yeah. you know, it just never feels good. Um, and looking at the teams, I think the NFC NFC is particularly um, in my opinion, more stacked than the AFC. So I, I just, you know, it's going to come down to um, what team we have on Sunday. You know, do we yeah. have the, the Dak Prescott that's throwing five touchdowns or do we have a struggling offense? I, I, I really don't know. Um, but uh, I think in, on the other side of things, San Francisco poses kind of a underrated threat. You know, they're, they're definitely the underdogs in this game and I am, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm quite um, almost scared of what they bring to the table. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of worrisome <laughs> yeah. to me. I, I don't know. It's just you have that weird feeling that they're going to lose this game just because the, I think they're going to take San Francisco lightly and it's going to be mm-hmm. a very long, drawn, long, drawn-out game where they might eke out a win or they might just fall on their face. But, Ryan – I know you have strong opinions about the Cowboys, so let let me hear it because Trey hasn't heard all about your uh, your strong opinions. So he well, Stephen Aisms. <laughs> well, 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 we call him Mini Stephen A around here. So well, we, we don't call me now. This is how we're gonna do it. All right. uh, David, go to the game, watch the game, and see what's gonna happen. And I'll tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> Cowboys are going to lose. At the end of the day, they're going to lose. Down. I'm sorry. I like the Cowboys. Cool team. But, again, 
they, they ain't gonna make it. So I mean, dude, Zach, uh, Trey, let me tell you what Zach was talking about one day. Cowboys going to the Super Bowl. Cowboys gonna do this. Cowboys. Hey. I, I I want them to. I want them to. <laughs> but at the end of the day, they not because you know why? They're gonna do something that Reggie Miller did. Oh, not Reggie. Reggie Miller no, said that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> they gonna choke. I. How you gonna lose to the Cardinals? They're a good team. They are a good team, right? They, they, no, no, it's not about no good team. No, no, it is. It is. They could have. They could have beat the Cardinals. Now they, they, they came back up with the Eagles. But I mean, yo, it's the Eagles. They should have won. It's Eagles. It's Eagles. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Obviously. Well, so, I mean, here, here's here's what's worrisome if, if you're a Cowboys fan. I mean, it, first first of all, for um, people of a of a certain age, I guess you you realize that Cowboys 49ers that that's a legitimate playoff rivalry, and um, that that dates back to the the 80s and 90s, where basically San Francisco always had Dallas's number. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, of course, the, those guys aren't on the field. Um, for for this game, but uh, the weight of history. I, I when when it comes to the playoffs, weird stuff just seems to always happen. So uh, I don't think you can discount that. But the other other more tangible reason is um, San Francisco is probably a little bit better than their record indicates. If you look at all of their losses except for one, I think to the Cardinals, and they've also beaten the Cardinals. Um, that all of their losses except for one, we're we're talking one score games where where they were in it right up until the end. And that's home and road, so it, they're they're not gonna they're they're not gonna come in and be you know kind of just happy to be there, uh, and, and intimidated by the by the glitz and and glamour of, of you know the Cowboys uh, Cowboys in the playoffs. So actually, I I, I had a question. I mean, for for those of y'all that have that have been going to games, because actually, as as big a Cowboys fan as I, I've been. I, I've never been to uh, AT&T Stadium for a Cowboys game. I've been there for A um, and M games. We played our, we play Arkansas uh, Razorbacks up there every year, and uh, we played in a couple of Cotton Bowls up there. But I've never actually been for a Cowboys game proper. So, uh, what has that that home field advantage been like? Because I, I know the the lock the the lock the knock on uh, Dallas Cowboys home games is that they usually get taken over by opposing fans. It's just hmm. kind of, kind of the nature of the beast. And then going on the road, there's a whole bunch of Cowboys fans that fill up other stadiums. So ha- has there been a uh, kind of a, uh, a resting back of the Cowboys home field advantage? And, and could that be a factor on, uh, uh on Sunday? I mean, it, it seems like it's helped them a little bit this year, but if there's any place you want home home field advantage, it's going to be the playoffs. Right. right. I, I, I think you make a really good point there. And, and, you know, the way we, we almost have the home advantage in away games, but at home, you know, it may not seem that way. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of the main reasons for that, you know, we, we talk about the Cowboys and uh, their organization, you know, there's tons of money in that organization, but this, I think they're all about the game day experience. And when you have that experience, like um, that, the ticket prices, going to be way up skyrocketed and that that kind of impacts you know the kind of people that come to the games and when i when i go to these games i think for the majority of it you know the fans aren't as engaged as you know maybe some more blue collar fans would be um and you know, yep. don't get me wrong like in the moments that really matter you know third down and 
uh, pretty much all of the fourth quarter. I think the fans were really into it, but um, yeah, I think that's, I, I think that's definitely a factor. Ryan, what do you think about it, Ryan? You were there yeah. a couple um, weeks, weeks ago. Cowboys fans, man, they, they, they something else, man. It, it's like kind of like how you said it, man. It's, it's about the game day experience. I think uh, Cowboys, uh, Cowboy fans are really like passionate uh, and you can feel that passion uh, in throughout the whole stadium, throughout whole all of AT&T Stadium. You feel that passion. You feel that desire. So when Cowboys, the Cowboys, if they're not playing right, you feel the urge. You feel like that tension in the air, like that vibe and everything like yeah. that. And if you if they doing their thing and they doing what they got to do, man, you feel that electricity. You feel that that urge to win. And I think that uh, just kind of goes along with the whole Cowboys. Uh, that, that's one thing I can actually say about the Cowboys fans. They crazy. They crazy. But, you know, they <laughs> they have that vibe to them where it's like, yo, we Cowboys fans, we diehard Cowboys fans. And you're going to feel that, you know, no matter wherever right. you go. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's – to piggyback off that, it's Cowboy fans, they get into it when it's going their way and mm-hmm. when it's not, they sit on their hands. They don't say right. anything. You know, Trey can, Trey agrees with me on this. When it's, if it's an A&M game, win, lose, we're down 40 points or up 40 points. Yeah. They're yelling, standing up the entire game. That's yeah. And I it's think different. it's different. It's a different thing. And I think Cowboy fans, you know, they're, I think, the older generation of Cowboy fans were so used to winning. And mm-hmm. so I think it's just trickled down as, you know, the younger, you know, crowd has started to follow the Cowboys. And it's just been kind of a, oh, we expect to lose. So there, it's not really that passion as it once was, you know. So I thought I thought there was a really revealing comment made by um, uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, someone was asking him. Uh, growing up with you know in Texas, with, did he grow up as a uh, as a Cowboys fan? And of course, he he went to A and M for a year and then went up to uh, OU. Um, but it 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 was it was really interesting to hear him say because he's he's younger than uh, younger than me, and he was just like, no, I'm not, not wasn't a Cowboys fan. They are, they always suck growing up or something to that effect. And I was just like, wow, that that actually kind of puts it into a little bit of perspective because uh, for older Cowboys fans for, for guys like me, like right on the edge of, of, of uh, that whole time period. And, you know, I can actually remember seeing with my own eyes, the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. the Cowboys always, you know, playing well, like it, it favored to win and then delivering on those promises. So them not winning is a departure from the norm for, from my perspective, but for, you know, fans that are younger than me, like you said, just trying to get into the game. Yeah. They're accustomed to Dallas either being middle of the pack or a bottom feeder or just having all this hype around them, kind of like, you know, the, the Yankees or, or Lakers or whatever, but then never really living up to that uh, that championship pedigree. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm interested to see if they um, break through, because uh, honestly, if they do, if they do break through and, you know, make it to the Super Bowl, that that will be a first for a lot of this new generation of, of Cowboys fans to be like, OK, this is what. You know, my, my parents, my older siblings have been talking about all this time. Well, yeah. And, I mean, we hope and pray, at least for me, because I've been predicting it all year as the crazy Cowboy fan that I am. But uh, quickly, um, predictions on the game. You know, who who comes out on top? 
David, I'll start with you. Um. Oh man. <laughs> Predictions. <laughs> you, you want my you want no my pressure. honest prediction. You want my honest, honest prediction, okay. but I give me your give me your heart and then give me your head prediction. Okay. My heart. Uh, my heart is saying twenty seven <laughs> seventeen Dallas. But that's yeah, your heart. I, that's your heart. Okay. My heart. My heart is a blowout. My heart is <laughs> there. We go. I, I feel like this <laughs> case scenario: Dallas goes up early in the game and it's over with. Um, but I don't that's think that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But my, I guess my gut would be, you know, close, much closer game. Um, I was actually going to say for my gut that we lose. It just doesn't feel good right now. <laughs> Some bad juju in there, right? (laughs) Yeah, some bad mojo right there. I got to jinx myself out. Yeah, that's how I am, too. (laughs) Ryan, what's your your thoughts? Okay. My heart. Zero. (laughs) Forty-two. Forty-niners. What? What? You said your heart? That's my heart. My head. 14, 42, 49. Oh, so he doesn't think it's going to be close. Man, he is like, he, he, you know, this is what we have to deal with all day long. <laughs> you be around. You got to have somebody, right? You, you got to have your sunshine and then you got to have your rain cloud. You got to have both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. He sure is that. I'm the sunshine. I'm the sunshine. <laughs> what well, uh, Thanos said, everything balanced. <laughs> uh, Trey, your your thoughts on it? Oh man, you, you know what? I the last time that I actually was adamant about a Cowboys prediction was the uh, the Dez catch game against uh, against Green Bay. Like I, I was completely and utterly convinced that Dallas was going to walk into Lambeau and find a way to win. It was irrational, made no sense. You got Aaron Rodgers over there, yada, yada. But I felt that they put themselves in, in a position to do, fi- finally give uh, Tony Romo the validation that, that he deserved. And um, honestly, I mean, we, we, we know after the fact that it, it was uh, – that the official said it should have been a catch. But – you know, it was just—it's just one of those things where, no matter what the feeling is, playoffs are just a, a funny, funny animal, and you never know what's going to happen. Uh, you you just—you want to be the home team, and you—you you hope that uh, you get some home cooking to to go your way. Um, as far as as far as heart, uh, my, like, like we were saying earlier, the the dream is you you jump on them early, you get the crowd into it. Uh, you you come out like with with a, a pick six and then and then uh, score on the first drive of the third quarter and uh, you you have a bunch of garbage time but right. uh, like I said you know it, it, so so you know heart heart has a, has the Cowboys winning by three scores easy you know you're talking like a you know thirty three to you know seventeen type affair uh, where the game is never really in doubt um, head it, it I I typically don't uh, predict a, a loss for a team that I like, but I, I, I had to do it earlier uh, this month for uh, for my Michigan Wolverines 
I, I, I could not pick them against Georgia, and yeah. we all saw why. Um, it's it's a little bit closer here. I don't think the Cowboys are going to be outclassed, but they do they do have to play mistake free, which is weird to say with as you know as a, a home team uh, in a playoff game. But I, I I really feel like if you're in one of those games where you're having to grind it out, tough it out. Um, overcome mistakes, mental miscues, errors. The Cowboys are good enough to do it, but I, I don't know if, if they have that mental fortitude up there. They, they don't have any championship DNA because they haven't been there before. So yeah. I, I'd rather I'd rather they get deeper into the playoffs to figure out how they respond to that because uh, against a team like San Francisco, who, like I said, they're, they're never going to consider themselves out of a game. Uh, I think I think you're playing with fire. I, I could easily see Dallas losing a, a, a one-score game, you know, losing by a two, three points on a, on a last second field goal. It would, it would be typical Cowboys, but um, I, I'm, I'm going to uh, try to try to jinx it the other way. I say head says uh, 49ers win nineteen seventeen, and I uh, hope I get to eat a whole bunch of crow Sunday night. I, ho- I yes, hope you're right. Is that, um, Zach, give us some good mojo. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're, we're so, struggling over here. We're dying. My, my heart, my heart says the Cowboys will come out swinging and they'll win 34 to 21. I think the right. defense gets a couple of turnovers, you know, like they have been all year. I think they just come out swinging with the home with the crowd, you know, on their on their side. Uh, my head because I'm a Cowboy fan and I've been through the heartbreak, I just feel like it's going to be like the 2016 Aaron Rodgers to James Cook, and then that stupid field goal at the end, and we're gonna just lose. And I'm just gonna the, eat crow. Like the Tony Romo thoughts every year. Botched like hold. my dad always oh, tells man. me, we're gonna lose. And you know, it's just it. It really hurts, you know. And my my fiance, she is like, she always gives me crap every time they lose. But as soon as as soon as they make the playoffs, she's all in. She's like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna." I was like, "No, you've been, you've been, you've been doubting us all year. Don't try to hop the bandwagon now. <laughs> Got to pay your dues." <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but uh, but yeah, I I appreciate her. She's always she's always you know supporting me though. She gives me a hard time, but I know deep down she she likes the Cowboys. So, but uh, awesome. anyway, but uh, man, to conclude uh, the show today. You know, we want to have you on and kind of really just talk about, you know, your experience at A&M, you know, tell us, you know, kind of, you know, some stories, you know, you had when you were there, or, you know, just kind of, <laughs> I mean, just anything. I mean, even after, you know, any, any games that were just memorable, oh, yeah. you know, the Bama game this year was just unreal. Um, oh my gosh. Just, yeah. just something that, that something uh, that, you know, a couple stories or, you know, something that the listeners would really enjoy, you know, so go ahead. Yeah, go yeah, go. absolutely. Um, well, I, I, as, as many of y'all know, I'm a, I'm a second generation fighting Texas Aggie. My, my dad was actually born and raised in Bryan college station. Uh, and he went to Bryan high school, went to Texas A&M graduated in 1983. Awesome. Uh, he was in the Corps of cadets. Um, so I, I grew up thinking that all the, all the crazy stuff that people are like, A&M is just, 
A&M fans are wild. Their their school has this like cult like mentality. The I grew cult. up yeah, thinking yeah. all of that was. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I grew up thinking all of that was normal. I was. I remember asking my mom. So when when is uh, my mom was a Michigan Wolverine. I was like, so when when does Michigan have their bonfire, mom? I mean, she just looked at me like I was crazy. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, just just uh, died in the wool. I, I my freshman year at A and M was uh, 2006. Uh, I'm fighting Texas class of uh, 2010. Um, my wife uh, is class of 2011. So we met at A and M. We were both uh, in the Corps of Cadets, and um, you know, I ended up marrying my my college sweetheart. And uh, it'll be we've been married 10 years now. It'll be 11 uh, in June of this year. Um, but it wasn't like one of those love at first sight type things because uh, I was a year ahead of her in her same Corps Cadets outfit. And it's like, a you know, the, the sophomores are basically the drill sergeants for the freshmen. So the first time I met her in person, I was literally growling and trying to, like, intimidate her. But uh, that, that little white girl does not scare easy. I can tell you that much. She's, she's something else. Uh, yeah, so we, we ended up uh, starting uh, to go out. Uh, I was a junior. She was a sophomore. Uh, and I uh, proposed to her at that giant Aggie replica ring, uh-huh. uh, December 2010, and we got married June 2011. So then went on active duty in the Air Force. But uh, yeah, she, she was not like a huge sports fan. I went to A and M because I, you know, it, it, my my parents are, are great. They they told me I could go to any school uh, in I wanted to in the land except for um, the younger smaller school in Austin. And uh, the Ohio State or, or an Ohio State University, as my mom always likes to hey, say. Horns so, down uh, all day, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, it was fun. I, I I still am a Michigan fan. I obviously went to A and M in my dad's footsteps, and um, I, I honestly, campus life was uh, it, it it's one of the you know best periods of my life because I, I was actually homeschooled all the way up until I got to A and M. So. Um, and it was my first public school um, experience, and uh, I, I just embraced the traditions and the culture, and um, was proud to do the core cadets thing. And uh, obviously, Saturdays at uh, Kyle Field, there's a, there's nothing like it. It's actually probably a good thing that we are that we weren't in the SEC yet when I was a student, because as much of a sports junkie I, as I am, I probably would have flunked out. Like, man, how, how am I going to study? We got Bama coming to town this week. I mean, come on, <laughs> so, yeah, um, but. It, it was a lot of fun. My, and for, for those of you that don't know, my uh, my younger brother, uh, Damani Felder, he, he went to A&M too. His first semester at A&M was my last. So we had like just a little bit of overlap there. And uh, the end, so I got a fifth football season to be like a, you know, a normal student, a spectator. Uh, he was a walk on that year's. And my favorite, my favorite game from my time as a student was literally the last one where we played uh, Nebraska um, oh man! Back in 2010, uh, and like I said, it was, it, was, it was like a game tailor made for me because it was like I, I know my brother's on the opposite sideline going absolutely nuts, and it was like a defensive slugfest. So it's uh, it was the game ended nine to six. I uh, got to rush the field uh, afterwards too, and then uh, got a chance, and then I proposed to um, my, my girl less than a month later. So that was just a really cool time. We we set the uh, record for student attendance. Uh, for a student Gosh. section's attendance at that game, it was over 30,000, wow. and that record's been broken like three, four, at five. It was broken again at the uh, at the Bama game this past this past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, up until 
that point, that was the loudest I'd heard Kyle Field. I think we were at night. We were just north of 90,000. This is pre pre renovation. So, wow. um, yeah, having it, having it enclosed now is just, it, it's insane. But, um, yeah, like, like most Aggies, I'm, you know, obnoxiously proud of, uh, proud of my school. It's a, it's a family deal for me. And, um, and right now it's kind of, it's kind of neat to, to have my son. My, my son is four, four years old and he's just starting to, you know, figure out what, uh, football is all about what A&M is all about. We took him to his first game uh, this past season, the season over against Kent state. And um, yeah, it, so get, getting a chance to, for me as a sports junkie, getting a chance to, you know, teach him about A&M um, same way my dad did me. It's, it's a really cool experience. And uh, I'm just, I'm enjoying every minute of it. it, it it's awesome. Man. That's, that's awesome. I mean, uh, just to hear all that. And I mean, you would get a kick out of this though. Um, as as Ryan and David know, um, I'm getting married here in November, and um, nice. So the kicker is, my stepmom went to A&M. Uh, my dad went to A&M Commerce. Um, I wasn't lucky enough to go to A&M, but like A&M's in my blood. Like I can't like yeah. change it. Like it is. Like everybody asked me, did you go to? A&M? I was like, no, but it's in my blood. I mean, it is what it is. Um, but uh, my uh, fiance, all her family, they're all Texas. They're all Texas, everything. <laughs> so it's always fun to go to family events, you know, talk, you know, A&M in Texas. But the funny thing is, is that we're going to have kind of a burn orange maroon color scheme, like a fall color scheme. Because at first it was going to be burn orange, but... I was like, I can't do that. Like, there's no you can't way. do it. <laughs> like, there's no way. So we, kind of, we, we we got we got fall colors. So my dad will actually, you know, wear the colors. So it. There it, you go. It's one of those. <laughs> it, we we worked it out, but man, I I just I uh I just enjoy the school and like just love fo- the football team, and you know I've had so many memories going to games with. I was at the A and M and Tennessee game, 2016. Oh, that, I was I was stuck at a wedding during that game, and the wedding was literally uh, like less than an hour outside College Station, and it was one of my core of cadets buddies that was getting married that weekend, and I was just like, we we were driving to his wedding, and we're seeing like the uh, Tennessee volunteer uh, entourage with the team bus and everything passing by us in the opposite direction. I'm just like. I, I still have not let him live it down to this day because he didn't even have like a TV or there. So like, of course, like half uh, he got married to an Aggie. So like 90 percent of the crowd is just all I know. We're all just like refreshing the ESPN yeah. tracker we, <laughs> in the middle oh, of the reception. Man. We after that interception from Armani Watts, it was like Armani Watts, man. Me and my dad look at each other. We couldn't even yell anymore. We were just so exhausted from yelling from that game. It was just unbelievable. But man. Uh, so many good memories. I mean, we could talk about this for hours and hours. That's and a hours. whole nother show you got right yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, you got a whole nother yeah. show for that. But, uh, man. I, I had a couple of questions. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> if I if I may get a couple in here. Um, I, I was just I, – I, I've just been really um, – I mean, growing up watching Texas A&M, they're huge school, tons of amazing players that came through. What's – What's one of your favorite teammates that you played with in your four years there? Who or who, I guess? 
Oh, well, I didn't play for a and my, my brother did. I, I was in the Corps of Cadets all four that's years. What, but, uh, that's what, that's uh, it. That's yeah. it. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but it, sorry. It, the, the cool thing is um, my, my younger brother, he was a walk-on inside linebacker. Uh, I so during, it, it, during the time he was there, which was the uh, Mike Sherman uh, era, uh, his coach, his uh, position coach, was actually my favorite pro, my favorite player growing up and my favorite football player uh, of all time was Dat Win. Oh so, yeah. Uh, he, he so yeah when when my when my younger brother's like yeah like and, and coach 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 Win this coach Win that I was just like wait are you talking are you talking about Dak? <laughs> I was like he was just like yeah I'm just like so I I had like a full on fan fanboy moment with uh with that and I mean obviously uh, totally. that that is legendary in his own own right but um yeah it it, it, w- it was cool to be there and be uh, if, if nothing else adjacent to some of the some of the sports guys I, I always tell people my my biggest basketball claim to fame because I mean I'm like a I'm a basketball player trapped in a football player's undersized build uh, but I, <laughs> I love the hoops I, I used to go up to the rec all the time and at the the varsity guys would come out and play like we I, I used to hoop with uh, um, uh, Chris Middleton uh, all the oh, time gosh. and I, I was just like I was just like uh, he wasn't as good now or, or then as he is now obviously but I just remember trying my hardest to do everything I could and he wasn't even exerting himself he locked my ass <laughs> up easy but it, it, that, that level of talent is just uh, insane so it, but it's weird for me now because you know you're, you're the same age or older than some of the the bigger sports stars I'm just like man I, I, I know that name and I was just like oh man it it, it's cool to see Chris doing well for himself or that sort of, that sort of yeah. thing. But um, yeah, just a, a cool, cool school, uh, not, nothing but uh, nothing but love and respect for, for my time there. And um, I'm, I'm always, always trying to get back for a game one way or the other. Oh, awesome. Fun. Yeah. Well, uh, man, Trey, we appreciate you coming on. I mean, just yeah, yeah, Zach, I got somebody one else in there, but Oh, Zach. go ahead. You go yeah. ahead. Yeah. I don't go know ahead. how you forget yeah. about me, but, Oh yeah, <laughs> yo Trey, I got one more quick question, man. Uh, all yes, three of us, uh, same age, uh, twenty three. Actually, Zach's twenty four now. Yeah, uh, I had a birthday last week. So. Yeah, young, <laughs> young twenties. Uh, you know, just now graduating uh, from college. What advice young would hustlers. you give to us, just kind of uh, navigating life uh, after college and going forward? Oh yeah, well, I mean, it's a volatile time. I'm, I'm not that much older than, than y'all. I'll be uh, 34 this year. Um, the, the biggest advice I can say is ha- have plans, but be ready to change them at a moment's notice. You have to be uh, so, so flexible. People, people would always ask me when I was at A&M and when I was graduating from uh, A&M, like, hey, where, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? And I remember some of the answers that I gave, uh, sometimes just to give an answer, but um, it life is fun you you never you never know what's going to going to happen just be ready to uh take advantage of any and all opportunities and um work work your uh college network for for all it's worth that that's the whole point of uh going to uh going to college is to to get that job experience and and job uh availability if you will and um i i like i said i went on to active duty in the military so i didn't have i I had a job waiting for me after I, i graduated but you know, I, I kind of was of, of the mindset, well, yeah, I'll, I'll be in the military for you know, 20, 20 plus years like my dad and then retire. Um, but that's not the, the plan that 
God had for me. That's not the plan. That's not the way life worked out. And uh, it, it, honestly, if I tried to be stubborn and stick to my plan, um, it, life would not have worked out uh, as as yeah well as it has for me. And um, I, it just that flexibility. Not that you don't have any agency over your own life, but uh, you gotta realize that there's there's only so much that you can control. And when you reach that point where you you can't control anything else, um, you, you gotta gotta lean on your your peers lean on your networks lean on your faith uh, what have you to, to get you through it so right i'm still learning myself too like, like mm-hmm. i said i'm not not too far ahead of you guys but it, it is yeah. there's no no shortage of ways to, to skin a cat awesome man hey uh again trey thank you so much dude for just being uh being a guest and everything like that dude like we really uh really appreciate it man uh thank you again for the advice and just the uh, just, just being a good, um, just a, being a good man, a family man in general, man. Like we look up to that. So we really appreciate you guys. Uh, thank you guys so much for being a part of Lone Star 360. Go ahead and like us on Facebook. I'm trying to get it right. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, tweet us on Twitter, and we will be back next week for some more content. Thank you so much. Peace.